Hey there. It's Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Hope you had a good weekend. I just love that. I know I had a good weekend. Both productive and um, we got a lot done. You know, that's the same thing. We were both productive. <laughs> we were both productive and had great weather. Um, talk about the weekend a little bit later on. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff done, and it was awesome. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Um, I know that we both have this, Lisa and I, that is, uh, have this goal. We're trying to get as much crap done before next weekend so we can enjoy a weekend where we have an extra day off. So that's that's what we're shooting for and probably killing ourselves to do it, but... Um, she had to do a lot more of the physical labor this weekend because I had to work a lot more than normal this weekend. One of the things I was working on, by the way, um, was a fun thing, so I feel a little bit guilty about that. But this whole show is being run off of, I shouldn't say the whole show, but a lot of the show is being run off a new piece of equipment. So the, uh, I don't know if I can call this a show, but it is uh, this episode um, so every time you hear a noise other than me talking, like swear jar, a drum roll, a rim shot, how about I got a new one for you? I probably need that more than more than the others, but um, every time you hear that or a music bed, like the music bed you just heard, um, it is running off a new piece of equipment, kind of a life altering piece of equipment. Um, the the problem I had on my board was it was very clunky to, there's only eight ways that I could actually use the board to make sounds. And uh, there's you could do more, but it was clunky to switch between the eight that I had and eight new ones. And so it was difficult with music beds and sound effects. And then if I'm running a pre-recorded interview, they're just, it was very difficult to like kind of toggle between everything and um, make it sound smooth because my goal is to do the show with no editing. So here are my mistakes a lot and what have you. And last week I had a really bad show and part of it was because I couldn't get all of this. I, I could, it just is clunky enough that it messed me up a bit, uh, to, to get through some of the segments. So I have this new piece of equipment. So you're going to hear me screw up, screw up sometimes today. God, I've, I'm sucking on the halls right now because my allergies are killing me. My nose is running like a sieve. I feel fine, but I just, I, I, this isn't COVID. <laughs> Every time somebody says they get a little ailment, is it COVID? Is it COVID? Should I get away? Should I, should you be going anywhere? Uh, no, I feel fine. I just, my nose is running, draining into my throat a little bit. And so I, I've been coughing a little bit and halls always kind of clears up my nose. And so I, I'm sucking on halls right now. And I apologize that that makes me um, do that more than normal. And it makes me, um, slip up and <laughs> say I think I slurred a little bit there because of the halls was getting in my way um but the show should go pretty normally it's just everything's new and I have 30 buttons sitting in front of me instead of eight and so it's it's there's a chance I might hit the wrong one from time to time so uh stay tight and I'm I'm sure you'll enjoy my my faux pause uh, speaking of faux pas, I'm going to keep telling jokes, and maybe that is a faux pas. 
because my jokes aren't that good. Uh, they're meant to be kind of goofy and not, you know, super well crafted. Um, but they're funny and they're stupid and I love them. Um, as you know, I started telling jokes a few, uh, I don't know, a few episodes ago. And so I'm going to tell a joke every single day. And today, um, my joke is, where do you find a cow with no legs? Right where you left it. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. By the way, this music bed sounds like crap. It sounds all crackly. <clears throat> I have to work on that. Um, but this is the segment where I talk about what I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful for a lot today. I really am. And um, had a great weekend. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm always grateful for Lisa, as you know if you listen. Um, for a lot of reasons. And I could spend a whole day going off about all the stuff I'm grateful for. Uh, this weekend, though, she did a lot of hard work, a lot of physical labor, while I didn't do a lot of physical labor. I went shopping with her on Saturday to buy some new pots for some flowers that we purchased, but um, and we we went shopping on Friday night. That was really it for my physical activity. It's probably three thousand steps per per uh, location. Otherwise, uh, she did all of the the hard work. I had to help lift a few things, uh, but otherwise, she did it all. And super grateful that she did all of that so that I could do. Um, some work work that would make me a little money and that would make things a little bit better in my life. And I appreciate that she did all that and I was able to do all that. I'm also grateful for, in the same vein, uh, all the abundance in my life. And you're supposed to be thankful for abundance all the time. And if you concentrate on abundance, you'll have abundance. I don't. uh, I think a lot of people don't. We tend to think about more what we don't have than what we do. And uh, But when I sit down and think about it, which I did this morning, I mean, I started a new venture one year ago. I dove head first into this thing. Um, about five months ago, things were going way slower than they should have. Uh, we pumped the brakes, and so I then had to kind of jump in and start making money in a different way. Went back to my business, and you know, just I had some recurring revenue coming from it, but it wasn't enough. And so went back and started um, kind of revitalizing my business and um, to bridge the gap and. And we've been fine the whole time. And it's, you know, I I just wish I had more. And that's where I get down. And, but other than the stress of my not having more and taking on just a little bit more debt, um, thanks to Lisa, we're fine. We're do, I mean, nothing has changed. We still go out for dinner. We still buy groceries. We still have fun. We still, I, there's a bunch of guilt on my end because, you know, we, I paid for all that before now. You know, it's it's just, it's weird. Um, but it's been a great, it just kind of shows what a great partnership we've had. Uh, I'm grateful for friends, new friends and old friends. Uh, for some reason, uh, last night, a bunch of my high school friends showed up in my, in my dream. I haven't seen them in over a decade. Since my 40th birthday party. It's the last time I think I've seen them. Um, I could be wrong. I could be, I, but I think it's been since my 40th birthday. So, I mean, you're talking a long time. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to say. All right, man. What's eating kale today? Uh, 
I'm just going to really quick go over this first thing here. And the reason is that fades way too fast, by the way. So make a note of that so I can change that. Um, the uh, the one thing that I want to uh, be talking about, and I've mentioned this, is that we started this new venture. Uh, and I'm not going to ever talk about like this detail again. I'm just going to start saying how late they are in their payments for the output of the equipment that we bought. So, but let me just catch you up really quick. A partner and I invested uh, some money in a brand new technology. Technology all checks out. The company checks out. Um, there's some very reputable people um, heading up the company with a lot of great connections and a lot of extraordinary knowledge. Um, but the equipment that we purchased in a roundabout way generates revenue. And then we get paid for the equipment that we purchase. We, we get paid for the revenue it generates. Uh, in its most kind cal- calculation, and this is a very kind calculation, they're 22 days late in paying us for the output of the equipment. And the reason I say we're being very kind there is because it was, you know, 120 days late getting the equipment installed. <laughs> so if you look at it from that perspective, I mean, it's been a long, it's been a long road. Uh, it should have been about six months. It's been about 12. So um, I, I shouldn't even say that. It should have been, it's, it hasn't been a full 12. We purchased the equipment, I don't know, eight months ago. So, but either way, we should have been, months ago, we should have had some revenue coming in. Anyway, we got a communication from them, middle of March says, 45 days, you should start seeing revenue. Well, that was, that should have been May 1st. So we're 22 days late in that. So from now on, not going to explain that part anymore. I'm just going to I'm just going to really quickly go through a thing where I'm going to go. We're 22 days late in the payment for our investment. That's it. And then and then I'll be at, and maybe I'll do a <laughs> I I don't know. Um either way, it is uh it's one of those things and I guess we just got to deal with it, so Oh, yeah. That's the sound of cooking with kale. Uh-huh. I think everybody's cooking with kale these days. <laughs> it's like that or cauliflower. Um, I tried out the new grill and I had some pretty awesome success with the grill. So um, the one thing, I, I've only cooked three meals on the grill. And Ben Holtz and I have this uh, carne asada cook-off. And he, we changed it up a little bit uh, last week. And instead of just doing carne asada street tacos, which is what we did, by the way. Um, and when I say we, I definitely had some help from Lisa in preparing the, the table and the, the stuff that went along with it. Um, but really, the, the idea was to cook good carne asada. So I'd only cooked one other meal on there. Weather hadn't permitted, and we didn't have the food. Like when we got the grill, it wasn't like we had burgers laying around and all this kind of stuff. But I needed to practice a little bit before I did these carne asada steaks. I don't have time to do a lot of this stuff during the week. So my only shot is a weekend. And we went and um, we, we had a hard time finding skirt steaks, which is what you make carne asada out of typically. We had a hard time. And we got them on Saturday finally about noon. And then to do a marinade or a rub was my biggest question. So we decided... Lisa and I, that we would like to try both anyway. 
Again, I've only cooked one meal to this point on my new grill. And it the grill cooked, I mean, it cooked hot, really hot. Instead of giving you a sear on something, it was probably going to burn it. If I, you know, because normally you just leave your grill on high and then you sear and then you, if it's a bigger thing, you might have to leave it sit on a indirect heat for a, a period of time to let it fo- finish cooking. But in this case, I mean, I cooked brats in there. Normally we cook brats for 10 to 15 minutes. I cooked brats for 15 minutes and they were bordering on being too, or, I'm sorry, I cooked them for five minutes and they were bordering on being too done. And the griddle marks on the brats weren't delicious caramelized goodness. They were burnt. So that was my only experience cooking on the grill. So I knew I had to do something. So I had some burgers, uh, old burgers sitting in the freezer uh, that I pulled out. And I also thought it would be fun to taste test some different seasonings with, with my burgers. So I took the burgers out, and that was my first thing. I cooked some burgers for lunch. Um, normally, we would never eat like this all weekend long, but we did on Saturday. Um, cooked them up in, again, holy balls. Um, burgers were a little too done. Um, and I cooked them the way I would normally cook them. And I'm like, man, this grill is just cooking so friggin' hot. How do I, like, how am I going to do steaks? Especially because I haven't done a steak yet. I haven't done. So I, uh, based on the feedback I'd gotten from the first couple of instances, I uh, turned the heat halfway down. So I'm on medium heat. Um, the grill, inside grill temperature is about 500 degrees. Before, when it's on high, it pegged the thermometer, which went up to 650 degrees. And it went way past 650 degrees. And so I'm guessing it was 700, 750 degrees. Uh, maybe even more. But anyway, that's I, I turned it down to half. Got the grill to about 500 degrees. And the steaks came out freaking perfect. Um, so I, I was super excited about that. We did one marinade. And we didn't let it marinate long enough. Because that was, the, that was we only had, you know, we got the steak same day. So... I think they only marinated for about six hours. Um, we'd like to have done it for 24, but we weren't going to do all that on Sunday. So um, so for about six hours, we had this great marinade. I'm going to put the recipe up on the website. And then we also had a rub. Uh, so we bought two one-pound skirt steaks. And one was marinated, one was rubbed, and it was they were both excellent. They really were. Both Lisa and I preferred the marinade. And Ben Holtz told us we would, and we did. We it was fantastic. Um, could have used a little more of it, but again, we only had about six hours instead of twenty-four. The rub was good, and if we didn't have the marinade, I would have been happy. I would have been like, "Yeah, you know what? This is pretty damn good." I would, I I couldn't believe that with a rub we could get all that lime flavor out of there. Um, it was it was great, um, but I will tell you what that marinade. Once you had that, I didn't want the rub anymore. And the marinade uh, was even as good last night when we had <laughs> some more tacos. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Anyway, I'm going to put pictures and the recipe up on the website. But let's just suffice to say that, uh, that Ben, you better watch out. All right. A lot of times, I feel like every time I'm playing this music... Ben and I are talking about something. So speaking of Ben, 
we had a conversation, a pretty funny conversation a, a while back. And um, it was about uh, the mob activity in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, by the way, big mob area there. Racine, East Troy, uh, lots of mob activity there. Uh, there were used I to be, you know, the city in Maquanago was uh, like Capone, one of Capone's little pads. Yeah. There is a, a, there used to be a car dealership on the corner in the square. And that used to be a shop where they would chop vehicles and they would, you know, get rid of the serial numbers and do all really? that. Really? Yeah. I remember that. It used to be one of the last, like, full-service gas stations before that. Yep. Yep. There's a place on the lake, too. There might be several places, but there's definitely a place on Lake Beulah that um, has underground tunnels going to, uh, you know, like, I don't know if it's hideouts or there is an underground tunnel that goes from a boathouse to the house. Uh, for and you know that was supposed to be like an escape thing for if they got raided and it, that's what that city has in McQuanago they have a little underground tunnel that they would take to get out of there if the if the capo or if the cops came if the bunko squad came yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see Fred um, you know uh, I I don't know if you know this you and I have talked enough over the years where you may um, but my great great uncle. Uh, it would be my grandmother's brother. Wait, Dillinger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually my it, my grandmother's mom's brother. So I don't know, great-great-uncle, I think. Um, yeah, it was John Dillinger's right-hand man, John Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Little, little Bohemia, Wisconsin, um, the FBI raided them. They found out that they were in this little cabin thing in uh, Little oh. Bohemia, Wisconsin. Actually, I think it's Manitish Waters and the, the place is called Little Bohemia. And um, the FBI raids them. There's a big shoot out there. They, they, in fact, it's like a historical place you can go to now and you can see the bullet holes in the walls and stuff like that. Um, oh. My great, my, my relative was hit in that gunfight and subsequently died from the wound that he sustained there. And it, John, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Stephen King wrote a book about my great great uncle uh i think it's called the death of Steve, of um uh john hamilton and it's the story of after he gets wounded they're the fbi's most wanted and they now can't they normally had doctors all over the place that they could go to but now that they're so hot um, right. they couldn't find a doctor they were traveling they went to minnesota they went to all these different places uh and couldn't find medical help for my my relative and he winds up dying from those wounds and then kind of tossed into a, a quarry in, in Illinois. Oh, yeah. that's where, that's where they had to like, you had to know a veterinarian that you can go to for those kind right. of simple things. That's usually what they do on like a lot of these uh, shows. It feel, I feel like the crime shows is like when you're hurt, you can't go to the hospital because you got shot during like a bad situation and didn't, just take him to a vet in the back. Didn't Kramer do that once? Didn't he go? He went. And got, he had a cough, I think. Oh yeah, because he saw the dog had the same cough as him, so yeah, he took it in. It's so much cheaper. It's so much cheaper. This same drug for people is yeah. And then he he's running around. That's crazy. That's your relative, though. Uh, I, that's a good story. It is. It's a. It's interesting, um, and it's it's weird because uh, my grand my great grandma actually had to spend time in a detention center because they hid the Dillinger gang out at their house. 
wow. in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, which is where my mom is from. So my mom's mom was 17 years old at the time. And, uh, there's stories of, they were like, they were like, um, celebrities when they were in town and they would take a bunch of kids to the ice cream shop and they would, you know, they were just, you know, everybody loved them. Right. You well, know? they were like, uh, Robin hood back in yep. the day. Yep. Yep. And, uh, there was a lot of gang, not gang, uh, mob activity. I didn't realize in Southeastern Wisconsin, especially with the Chicago, connection coming up across the border and all the balustrades and the, yep. I had no idea. It was like pretty, pretty prevalent back then. I can't believe you just said that name. You're going to get, you're going to get gunned down. <laughs> <laughs> We're not mob. We're not mob. Um, Racine, uh, a large part of the, the um, John Dillinger movie with Johnny Depp in it takes place at least some of the prominent like bank robberies and stuff like that take place in Racine and were filmed in Racine at the historic bank where some of that stuff happened. Um, oh, that's all. Yeah. Racine is a, is a big, and just for that reason, right. It was just off the, the main drag to get between um, Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, yeah. And they, they would, you know, oftentimes they would just get in travel just to stay away from the feds and the, and they would just go on tour basically and just be all over the place. Um, but yeah, so my, my mom's family, uh, doesn't talk about it much. Uh, they think, you know, like it's a black eye on them. Get to my mom's age. It starts becoming kind of, you know, you get to my age and I'm like, this is so cool. We had a mobster in the family, you know? Uh, but they were, you know, genuinely, uh, freaked out by it. Like, you know, for today, if your sister or my brother, like, committed some horrible crime, we'd be like, ah, shit. Right. But, you know, 80 years from now, it might be cool or whatever to the other family that doesn't know them at all or have that uh, connection. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, I, I, that's, um, you know, there's probably plenty bad in my family, but that's the, the notorious one. That's probably the biggest one. I'm aiming to be the next most notorious. Just kidding. Just kidding. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, the the John Dillinger information, I'm going to put a bunch of stuff up on the website with links to uh, the book by uh, Stephen King. And uh, it's going to be uh, it, somewhat interesting, I think, if you want to go up there. But uh, ever, if you ever want to take like a, a day trip, uh, probably be a little bit longer than a day, day trip from southeastern Wisconsin. But uh, go up to the, the Little Bohemia Resort and... Um, I, th- I think it's pretty cool, to be honest with you. So I got a new segment here. It's Monday. Uh, and Monday, by the way, is... Oh, see, now that's 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 a screw-up right there. That should fade out right there, and it doesn't. Um, I can make it fade out, though. So anyway, uh, it's the day that most... It's actually... Uh, the weekdays are the are the most watched television. In, so I thought you're probably wondering maybe what you might want to watch. Is there anything new out there? Um, and please let us know because we're kind of in a dry spell here and it's coming up on summer. So there's not, you know, like a lot of the regular TV shows seem to be gone during the summer. But anyway, um, uh, I'll go first. You, you go ahead and tell me if you think anything is fun that you're watching uh, from a TV show perspective. Um, we're uh, almost caught up on the voice, but it's been great. Um, it's definitely going to be a, not the same show when Blake leaves after this season. Uh, this year has been pretty good, though. And the talent is good, as always. Um, I just, I, 
it's a show that really breaks me up. Uh, I always cry during that thing. Uh, we watched a short series called Missing Dead or Alive. Um, I didn't love it. It was all right, um, but it was about a missing persons unit and uh, four cases that they were on, and you know some people made it, some people didn't when they found them. Um, we are also nearing the end of succession. In fact, I think we have an episode to watch. I think we didn't watch last night. Um, I think one came out yesterday and we didn't watch it. I know we didn't watch it last night. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't watch it last night, though, and I think there is a new one. Uh, but it's been a fun series. I'd put it up there against any of the best. I really would. Uh, the last few nights we watched a little, uh, they're about half an hour, 45 minutes long. It's a, a documentary series on Netflix called work, what we do all day. Um, some of you are going to hate this and some of you are going to be fine with it, but, uh, it's produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. Uh, and it really focuses on what work and life is like for people at various stages of work and the economic and work ladders. Um, so you see people struggling and just starting out and then you see, uh, people who are in the middle class, um, and you know you're kind of going through the same companies and the same people uh, are, you know, kind of involved in these things. It's 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 interesting from that perspective for sure. Um, and then of course they, they, we haven't gotten to the part where they um, look at the C-suite in the upper class. Um, it's all right. Um, I struggle always with people who are like, oh, my lot in life is, and it's, you know, the, everybody's keeping me down. I don't like that. Um, and there's some of that that goes on. Not everybody is like that in this, but um, there is a, there are a few people that they're following that I don't, I don't agree with their views on how life is treating them. That's what's eating kale today. Coming up tomorrow, Carol Sumbry, the dog trainer and behavioral consultant. Uh, we're mind-blowing information on how you're feeding your dog wrong. You're feeding them wrong. Make it a good one.